The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Pilate said to Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own, or have others told you about me? Pilate answered, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priest handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not here. So Pilate said to him, Then you are a king. Jesus answered, You say I am a king. For this I was born. For this I came into the world. To testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. The Gospel of the Lord. I have never seen a monarch. Perhaps you have. For all practical purposes in the Western world, there are no practical monarchs left. Some figureheads who give some national identity to the people, which is in England, Belgium, I think Sweden. They exercise no real power. There are dictators, but that's something different. It's a rather foreign concept to us, isn't it? The idea of an absolute monarch who wields incredible power. And we have a rather negative idea of them too, don't we? Generally speaking. We think of them often as being corrupt and decadent. There weren't many St. Louis the Ninth of France, or St. Edmund the Confessor of England, or St. Henry of Bavaria. Those were rare. And so we're somewhat skeptical of the title king. And our nation in particular, we are skeptical of it. Well, there is one absolute monarch who's different, and that's the Pope. It's the monarch of Vatican City, but it's not much of a kingdom. And so our Lord, then, is given to us as king of the universe. And it's, it's, not, it's not an old feast, either. It was only instituted in the last century by Pope Pius XI, in the middle of the last century. This idea of Jesus Christ being the king of all the universe. He instituted it to remind world leaders of where their authority comes from. But again, it's a strange idea. How is he a king? How does he rule over all creation? Well, you know, this gospel speaks about it. Here again, we have a very different idea of kingship. 
Notice this. Pilate only knows of earthly kings. Kingdoms are in place. You can visit them. They're visible. Notice something else. Our Lord as king is in control of the situation. And he and he alone is in control. Not Pilate, not Herod, not the chief priests or elders of the people. Only our Lord is in control. The chief priests and elders are envious and therefore frightened. Pilate is frightened, as we see. He becomes more and more frightened as it goes on. And he's somewhat frightened now of this person standing in front of him. Because our Lord is in control. He knows what he has come to do. He knows the enemy he must defeat. Notice, from the very beginning he was recognized as a king. And throughout his public life, too, he, was, he won battle after battle with no struggle whatsoever. There was no struggle with evil, with the demonic. He simply cast, cast them out. There was no argument. Simply by, the, by his own power he cast them out. But now he comes, and so Pilate asks the question, Are you the king of the Jews? Are you the king of the Jews? Again, he has the wrong idea. But our Lord doesn't answer the question. Our Lord reaches out to him as he reaches out to you and to me and tries to draw him in to his kingdom. And he says, do you say this on your own or have others told you about me? Imagine, on your own. And Pilate's angry. He says, I'm not a Jew, am I? your own people and the chief priests who have handed you over to me. What have you done? And our Lord will not answer the question again. You don't ask him questions to get answers. He asks the question. He now tells him, saying, my kingdom does not belong to this world. What kind of kingdom is that? What must Pilate have thought? My kingdom. If it did, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not here. Again, a different kingdom, a different battle, a different victory. And Pilate now doesn't know what to say, so he simply says, so then you are a king whatever that means. Our Lord tells him, very well you say that I am a king. This is why I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth hears my voice. So, our Lord then has come to be victorious. He has come to conquer. He has come to become the ultimate king. He will conquer sin, suffering, and death. But he will do it on the cross. That's where he becomes the victor. That's where everything changes. This is a kingship Pilate cannot imagine, and a victory that he can't imagine either. All he knows is Rome and the emperor. But notice again here, in this battle, where he will emerge as victorious king of the universe. Well, 
there was a great theologian by the name of Hans Urs von Balthasar who describes this, and he says, even on the cross, no struggle with the demonic takes place with the devil. Rather, Christ disappears beneath all the powers, including demonic powers. In the powerlessness of being ultimately nailed, fast and motionless. And the greatest conceivable contrast to all that we understand by the word power. He does this to demonstrate the all-powerfulness of the love of God. With stretching its own self to its very limits, to its very end, unmasks by its inability all the powers it faces. In other words, by hanging on the cross, he destroys all of his enemies. He appears to be defeated. He appears to be the one who has lost everything, and yet he is the one who is conquering everything. And again, we have to understand that that's what kingship is all about. That's what victory is all about. That he has done it. Now, We experience him in the Eucharist as king coming to us. But you know, if he is now king, he is king of all of creation. All that is true, good, and beautiful that we know, he is king. There was a, an Irish patriot and a great mystic, too, by the name of Joseph Mary Plunkett. He was involved in the Easter uprising in Dublin in 1917 was arrested and shot. But the night before in prison, he married his childhood sweetheart. He wrote a poem in which he describes the kingship of Christ in terms of the world that we see. How he sees Christ's victory in everything. And he sees his passion in it too. It's really quite beautiful. In fact, I can't look at a red rose without thinking of that poem anymore. I'm glad we have some red roses for today. Um, But here's how we describe the kingship of Christ as visible in nature. Some of you may know the poem. He said, I see his blood upon the rose. And in the stars, the glory of his eyes. His body gleams amid eternal snows. His tears fall from the sky. I see his face in every flower. The thunder and the singing of the birds are but his voice. And craven by his power, rocks are his written words. All pathways by his feet are worn. His strong heart stirs the ever-beating sea. His crown of thorns entwines with every thorn. His cross is every tree.
beautiful way to look at nature and perhaps the only way.